are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. What would you think if I told you on this property we have a room, and we don't, but what if I told you we had a room in which you could, you could just go there anytime you want. It's filled with money. And you can get as much money as you want, just as long as you meet the criteria. I have better news than money. There's someone that God left us on planet Earth called the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit, his function is manyfold. He empowers us. He comforts us. He guides us. He sends us into truth that we know this is a truthful situation. He can bring peace in our heart. But you know, some have not even bothered meeting the criteria to find the fullness of the Holy Spirit. This morning, have you even thought to pray, fill me, dear God, with the Holy Spirit of God? Has it been on our minds throughout the week this week? I must say, I asked my wife and I asked our class to pray for me. I, I don't want to use the word, I feel like a hypocrite. But I feel so unworthy to preach the message today. I want to be filled. My first prayer every day for years, my first prayer every day, is Spirit of God, please fill me with your spirit today. Please, I need that power. I need that comfort. I need that peace. I need that truth. Is this truth what I'm dealing with today? I need to have that, that power that can only come from God. And not only do I pray it first prayer, I mean, I know first prayer every day. I pray before I go into other areas. My second prayer is, Lord, today I'm gonna either live or I'm gonna die or it's gonna be the rapture. And whatever it is today, my life, I wanna live for you. And if it's death, I wanna die for you. And if I, the rapture, I wanna be ready for your coming again. I want to be a spirit-filled man. Yes, and you man know what I'm talking about so many times. I feel like what in the world is going on? Why am I so weak? Why am I so much in bewilderment? I think sometimes if you stay, they, they, there's articles out, pastors don't stay a long time at the same church because it can be very discouraging. We've been here a long time and I love it today more than ever. But I see so much and you pour your life into someone, you pray for someone and you pray for this family and you stay long enough, I guarantee it, you're gonna be wounded and hurt. And I can't allow that hurt to govern my life. I cannot, I cannot live in fear because that's not the Holy Spirit of God. I read recently of D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody died in 1899. 
And, and D.L. Moody was preaching. And, and he was preaching on the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And someone, he asked the question, he said, uh, tell me, here's a glass. And he said, on this glass, I want to remove all the air from the glass. How do I do that? How do I remove the air? And a man raised his hand, he says, you put a lid on it, and then you put a tube in there, and you vacuum out the air, and he goes, you vacuum out the air, you'll break the glass. No, you don't remove the air by sucking the air out. You remove the air by filling the glass. The air is now removed. God says in chapter five, verse 18, and I'd like us to read it together. Do you have it there? Ephesians 5, 18. And he's gonna give us three important words by way of an introduction to that verse, but let us read it together. Ready, begin. And be not The word drunk, you know when a person is drunk, and I must confess I've not been around very many drunk people in my life. Some of you were raised in that environment. Uh, you've seen it. I've not seen a lot of drunkenness. I have been around it. When a person is drunk, they're under the control of something, a chemical, something that is from the outside that's come in. And God is gonna be comparing the Holy Spirit to a man who is drunk with wine. And he says, be not drunk with wine. A person who is drunk can react differently. A person, they're not the same self. They're never the same self. Some, when apparently they get drunk, become very passive, very quiet, very submissive. Some people that get drunk get very angry and mean and hurtful and unkind. Perhaps you were raised in a home like that with a drunken father and a, or a drunkard mother or both. That person is under the control of something else. And God says, when you have the spirit of God, you're under the control, not of your flesh and not of yourself and not of your fears and not of your anger and not of your bitterness, but you're in control of someone who is called the almighty God, the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine where it's excess but be filled. The word filled deals with that word of being like a hunger. When someone is hungry, we fill that cavity with food. We'll do that this afternoon when we're finished preaching. We'll probably fill our stomachs. Our stomachs will be filled. And God says, I want you like you're hungry. I want there to be a hunger for the Holy Spirit. And that torments me to think that I hunger enough this week for the Holy Spirit. Did I hunger enough when I preached to elementary kids this week? Was I hungering for the power of the Holy Spirit or was it just the energy of Jack? You know, those little children are valuable and they need a spirit-filled preacher in kindergarten when I go there in first grade through sixth. They need a man of God that has the power of God speaking to them, not with his own wisdom, but God is taking that word and place it in their heart. I thought, you know, was I a spirit-filled preacher when I went upstairs to the high school to preach that high school chapel this week? We sit seventh grade in the back, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade is in the front. 
only have a window of time left because it may high school graduations around the corner and those seniors, I'll not have them in the high school chapel ever again. They need a spirit-filled preacher. And sometimes I walk out and I think, Lord, did I have your power? Did I have your touch? Sometimes I know, I just know God, it just seemed like God was all over that service. And if he's not, it's, I don't blame the kids. And I think with our teenagers, it's very obvious that they're spirit-filled. We have such good chapel services. Those kids, they sing, they they put such life into our hearts. Then I go that same day over to college chapel. And I think of these kids, and some are not from good homes, and some are from the very best of the best homes. And they're all basically working 40 hours a week have jobs to pay their way through school. We have no government assistance. They will get their diploma and not owe a dime anywhere, but they worked. They don't have any government handout, they worked. I look at these young kids and they work hard, they go to school full time and they serve in the ministry on the weekends in particular here, going all over this area to rest homes and singing and preaching, going to bus families and teaching Sunday school and preaching morning services. I thank God for those kids. I know how I have to have the power of the Holy Spirit of God. I've been, I've tried to be a good husband this week. And I keep thinking of that lady needs, she, des- she deserves a man who's spirit-filled. A spirit-filled man's gonna be patient. A spirit-filled man's gonna be understanding. A spirit-filled man's gonna deny himself and say, she is more important than I am in honor preferring one another. Just esteem her very highly. Have I been that husband? I love these men and all the men that work with me and the staff here. Have I been the right person? Have I been critical? Have I been cantankerous? Have I been short? Have I been quick to respond when I should have been quiet in my response? I'm so burdened about being filled with the Spirit. God gives us the criteria. And God shows us there's going to be always an evidence. There's an evidence. I've taken the evidence test this week. And here's what, it frightens me, honey, because I think, I think I'm missing this right here a little bit. The first one is found in the next verse, verse 19, speaking to yourselves in Psalms. That's Bible-based words and Bible-based music, Psalms and, and hymns. That's hymns that, a hymn is that which adores the name of God and lifts his name up and I sing the mighty power of God Almighty fortress is our God. Guide me, oh, thou great Jehovah. And I was asking myself this week, how much of those songs have I sung? How many songs have I sung that speak about the love of God and grace that's greater? Those are Bible words. Grace that's greater than all of our sin and salvation and the subject of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit songs about the fill me now, fill me now. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Are they spiritual songs that 
singing and making melody was a harmony. I sing all the time. But recently I said, Lord, I've not been singing very much. You know, something fills that cavity. Fear. Hurt. Disillusionment. I've heard every message. I've preached every message imaginable. You do this, you do this, you do this, and here's the product. But it doesn't always work that way. Some of you have done right, 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 right as a wife or a husband in the marriage, and she walked out or he walked out. And when that happens, you have to say, do I have a song? And sometimes you don't. And I said, I, I wonder, God, have I been singing enough? I'm not a good singer like the quartet, like this soloist, and like the choir. But we do sing, I have a song that Jesus gave me. And I wondered, did, have I been singing? When I'm in my car alone driving to various places, have I been singing? When I wake up, when I wake up all night long, is there a song in my heart? Or if I fill that chamber with hurt, with fear, and betrayal, and sadness, and overwhelming, this day in which we live, it's so overwhelmingly sad. I'm just so heartbroken about these little babies. And they're lighting up these buildings in honor of the fact that you can kill a baby at the day of their birth in this country. I think a little bit it's taken by song. The hatred, I think it's taken by song. The lying on the news, I think it's the, the, the casualness of God's people. And you work and you pray, it's just the indifference. God says when you're spirit-filled, it's gonna show up because he says in verse 18, be filled with the spirit, be filled. And fill it with what? Singing. Fill it with singing. Fill it with a good spirit. Verse 20, giving thanks always in all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I ask myself, I don't know if my spirit's been what it should be because have I been giving thanks in everything? Sometimes if you're like me, I don't understand some things. Sometimes if we're not careful, it's just overwhelming. What, what happened? What's going on here? I, I want to be a Christian that just has a sweet spirit. I like it when, when someone say, I'm glad he's in the office. I'm glad he's in my home with me. I'm glad he's my pastor. I'm glad he's a, in this city. And God says when, 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 we, when, when we are filled with the Spirit of God, not only do we sing, and we just burst out, we sing. We have a sweet spirit giving thanks, God, for everything. God is so good. He's so good to me. Some of you, God, 
bless you people that I love so much are not filled with the Spirit because you have a critical spirit. You have a cantankerous spirit. You're upset. You're retaliatory. You're negative. You're upset. You feel like things are, they're not being fair to me here. They're not listening to me. You're not filled with the Spirit of God. You're filled with something else. Something's wrong. I've wondered, Brother Jose, Brother Steve, I've never, ever, in 43 years, I've never tried to come to this pulpit in the energy of the flesh. Last thing I tried to do, I was always trying to bow my knees somewhere and say, dear God, I prayed, I've studied, I've walked with you this week, but now help me. But I wonder how many times it wasn't the Spirit of God, but it was a prideful preacher. It aches my heart. It causes me to introspect and say, Lord, what am I doing? I'm not spirit-filled if I, if, 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 if I am not just so overwhelmed with you. I told our class, I can only remember it one time, pastor in this church. A few years ago, I was so, so overwhelmed. Nobody knew, I was just so overwhelmed. And in my spirit, I, I just got so taken up. And I went to God in prayer, and I went this way. Dear God, I don't understand. I'll never forget it. It was about that long of prayer. And the Spirit of God spoke my heart. I was talking to the Holy God. Like I can boss him around. And immediately my prayer changed. Immediately I said, oh, dear God, I'm so sorry. You know what was happening? I was filled with my, my problem my heartache, my disappointment. When a person has the spirit of God, he has singing. When he has the spirit of God, he has a sweet spirit about him. You want to be around that person. When a person has the spirit of God, he has submission. Why does everything have to be a fight? Verse 41, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Why, why does everything at your work have to be a fight? Why do you fight everything? Because you're not filled with the Spirit. Why are you so opinionated? Well, they don't take any of my advice around here. Maybe they're not supposed to. Maybe they don't want it. Maybe you ought to back up and say, I want my heart to be submissive. Submission is a military term. It means to rank under. That means someone else can give me leadership. I will rank under, not fight, and, and not be upset, and I'll not be uh, ang angry and antagonistic. But when a person is filled with the Spirit of God, male or female, they'll have a submissive spirit. Classrooms need submissive spirits. Offices need a submissive spirit. Marriages need a submissive spirit. Or we rank under. I don't believe it's just the wife, although he's dealing with the, church, the, the wife and how she's submit. He's also dealing with the church is to be in submission to Christ. There's three that are to be, we're to be in submission to one another. We're to be in submission as a wife to a husband. And we're to be in submission as a church to Jesus Christ. 
There'll be church members all across America leaving their church today because they're mad. And they wanted more power. And they didn't get it. I want more opinion. And they're not listening to me. Maybe you ought to just learn to submit and you would submit if you were filled with the Spirit and so would I. I want you to see fourthly, you're listening so well today. When a person <clears throat> is filled with the Spirit of God, there's sanctification. Look what he says in verse 26, that he may sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word that he may present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing that should be holy without blemish. Sanctification, cleansing, all these powerful words that he gives to us right here, washing, glorious, not spot nor wrinkle. Compromise is not holy. Changing the word of God to have the word of God fit our lifestyle. I'm so grieved and we're preparing something for pastor's conference. So, so grieved to see this, this great, great, one of America's largest churches yesteryear. Souls saved bigger than this church by far. People were saved. And now to see the new pastor, the grandson, bringing in a movie star that was drinking with another movie star recently, just two weeks before he was to speak there, and they both were drinking their hard liquor together. But he came to church. I know the large mega church in America, and I, I, there are certain words I don't use in this pulpit, and one is a word that's just a small little word, but it deals with a physical relationship, male and female, as mates. And that church, mega church, on the marquee this year, their threefold theme is God and then that middle word that I want to announce in this pulpit because there's mixed company and, and there's children in here today. How do you put that on the marquee? And that's what you're talking about. And the series is on that physical relationship with men and women this year. It's one of the, the main themes this year. There's a lot of themes about Jesus in this book. We don't have to bring this thing down. God wants us to be a sanctified people. He said, if you're filled with the Spirit, be not drunk with wine, where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. When we're filled with the Spirit, we have a song. When, we have, when we're filled with the Spirit, we have a sweet spirit. We're not gossiping and critical and antagonistic. When we're filled with the Spirit of God, we're sanctified. When we're filled with the Spirit of God, there's submission. When we're filled with the Spirit of God, look what he says in verse number 31. There's singleness, our solidarity. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife and they too shall be one flesh. The two become one. There's a, a unity, a singleness, a solid, a solidity that we're together. There we're, we're, we're together. And so I'm mad at these guys all the time. You know, that's not being filled with the Spirit. Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says they were assembled together and with one accord, 
in one place. There was a unity. When a church ceases to have unity, when a marriage ceases to have unity, when, when a pastor ceases to have unity with his people, it's an evidence there's somebody that's not filled with the Spirit of God. And pastor, I have to look in, is it me? And marriage, you have to say, is it me? Well, and so what we do. I grew up in a Baptist church, old time religion, and we blame the church. No, friend, there's no Spirit of God on your life. The Spirit of God, when you speak unkind to your mate, the Spirit of God would say, you go and apologize. He'll convict us of sin. That's what the Bible says in the Gospel of John. The Spirit of God says, you are wrong. Well, she's wrong too. No, you are wrong. When the Spirit of God tells you something, obey. Two weeks from today, I, two weeks from tomorrow night, we'll begin to sell the book. I told our class about it, my dear friend, one of the best Christian men I've ever met in my life. Church was running 50, and that Monday, 10 of his church members were killed in a car accident on the way to school, Christian school, here in our state. I'll never forget that day. He became my pastor, my parents. I, 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 I could not think of anybody better qualified to care for my parents after 33 years they left here, they went to be with my sister and that great pastor. Well, that day, driving the van was his wife. They had just started a church six months before this. New young couple. And they had three little kids. They came from Florida. They came to this area. He was saved years ago and conquered. And they went to college and was in Florida. And God brought his wife and his three kids. And when he got on the site of the accident that day, the entire vehicle, because it was hit head on by a semi-truck trailer rig, and all of it was back to the back seats. You'll see the picture in the book. And they saw, when he got to the morgue, they said, Pastor, you're going to have to identify these people not knowing he'd be, they didn't know it was his family. He identified his wife's body in the driver's seat, you can imagine. And his boy, and his girl, the only girl that lived with his little girl, Cherry, in his book, and I'm so glad he put it in. There's a chapter in that book that says, and he's a good man, the best time, he's just top. He said, that morning we were all getting ready for school, and I was, my last conversation, I was short with my wife. And I was not mean, but short with my kids. He uses the word, I was short with my kids. So you may need to just look like what it would be with, without that wife that God gave you, or without that husband. At times, and I don't mean this rude, we live right here in this neighborhood, two-story house. I go in that house and say, if she's not here, it means nothing to me. There's not a room I want to be in. I don't want to be in the kitchen or the dining room or the bedroom. I, there's, not, there's nothing in that house for me without her. And I think of the many times I've had to come back and say, oh, Cindy, please forgive me. 
please forgive me. I was so bad that he'd be spirit filled. There has to be a singleness and solidarity. And then I want you to notice when we're filled with the Spirit of God, we hate sin. That's why he goes back and he says that he may cleanse it. Because when sin invades our heart, the, the Holy Spirit of God is not present. I thought so much about this recently because God's word says in Hebrews that we all have a sin, all of us, pastor and people, all of us have a sin that, that so easily besets us. We don't have to try, it just happens. And it might be made, opening your mouth or it might be just fear, just fear. Or it might be just a troubled heart and, and it might be some other sin. I don't know what your sin is, but everybody has it. And I think, oh, dear God, my sin that does so easily beset me. I don't want the sin to fill that vessel. I, I want the Spirit of God to fill that vessel. Let him that is without sin cast the first stone. Take heed to yourself. Because, friend, this week, everyone in this room has sinned in some regard. You may not have gotten drunk or been unfaithful to your mates or, or been into pornography or been, been in drugs, but there's some sin that you fulfill this week because we're just a damn it creatures. And when that happens through the day, oh dear God, right there, I've, I've just been wrong. Please forgive me. I think my wife would tell I'm probably one of the most positive men Something happens, either you get older in life. You know, when you get older in life, Ecclesiastes 12, you're afraid of heights. When you get older in life, the Bible says the windows go shut. You can't see as well. It says the doors close. And fear sets in. And now I'm over here, and I hope by the grace of God, many years left to pastor this great church. But I can look back now, and I can see I wasn't right here, I wasn't right here, and I didn't do it right here. I think the Spirit of God maybe was talking to me here, and I just bowled on through. I closed. It's 11.58. When I'm filled with the Spirit, the sanctuary means so much to me. God's house. He says in verse number 31, 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. You'll find this word church laced throughout this entire text. You find that word church in verse number 23 and in verse number 24. And verse number 25, if Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it, and find in verse 27, the church, the church, and it's comparing a husband and wife relationship to our relationship with our church. And so the older we get in life, I, I don't want to lose that dear lady. I want to tell you something. I don't want to lose my church. I don't want to lose what God's doing. But we become so careless. I thank God for getting away, but 
there's a three-day weekend once a month. I'm just shocked how, every, how many have to get away. Just get away. What are you doing for church? When a person is spirit-filled, there's such a desire to be around the people of God. Now, I'm not saying you can't get a vacation. And I'm not saying you cannot do all these things. I'm not saying that. You know, it's an amazing thing. There's so much that I could, I'd empty out the Spirit of God. And there's so much I could put in here. Sometimes I do. And that's why I battled this so much. Sometimes I just put my stinking self in there. And I put Jack in there. And I fill it all up with me. We fill it up with ourselves, and we fill it up with our sin, and we fill it up with our casualness, and we fill it up with our anger, and we fill it up with our bitterness, and we fill it up, it's not fair. I'm not happy. And yet God says, I just want you to be so thirsty that all the air is gone and you're filled with the Spirit of God. I'm going to ask you this week, would you beg for the Spirit of God? You dear people, we're all living in perilous times. You're trying to raise kids in these times. I, I, we hurt for you. It's hard. It has to be hard. There's so much that attacks your children. It has to be hard. It's not just California, it's nationwide and the worldwide. Every husband, every wife is working. We're all so busy. It has to be hard on you couples. It has to be difficult. It must be. But in the midst of all that you got going on throughout the day, oh, Spirit of God, I'm not singing. I'm not being clean, sanctified. I didn't just tell the truth. I just lied. Well, the Spirit of God is truth. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.